You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. We've also launched a Patreon page for premium content. We'll actually be having uh, some new content up there this week. If you want to check that out and help support the show uh, and support what we're doing, we've got all kinds of things planned with that. And uh, there's also an option if you just want to give us a donation. You don't have to be a monthly subscriber. If you just want to kind of support what we're doing, we will uh, take all the help we can get. That is patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. And if you have any specific questions about that, you can shoot us an email at lockdownrays at gmail.com. Okay, so your Tampa Bay Rays took four out of five from Baltimore in what seemed like an endless five-game series, including two of three from the weekend. Your Rays are now 35-19, and 19, three and a half up on the Yankees in the East, and I believe they have reclaimed the best record in the American League. With that, Ulysses, what did you learn from the weekend? What are your biggest takeaways and observations from a lot of baseball over the last several <laughs> days? A lot of Rays baseball over the last several days. It's not a lot of Rays baseball when you know you, you win four out of five, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. probably what any Rays fan would have signed up for. And the team delivered. Uh, you know, Sundays, it was a real close game. But uh, the way that John Means was painting each and every corner of the strike zone, uh, I mean, one point he had like six consecutive strikes, strikeouts. So uh, it was a difficult. It was a pitcher's duel and the Orioles came out on top. But He um, looked like 2019 John yeah. Means. And uh, let's be honest, when you've got Renfro and Zanino in the lineup, that's going to lend itself to quite a few strikeouts. Uh, it seemed like there were quite a few pitchers duels in this uh, weekend series and this entire series versus the Orioles. So it seems like you knew where my first takeaway would lead us to, and that stole is... your notes. I stole your notes. <laughs> Copy it off your paper. Nine nine sixteen. Nine nine sixteen. Those are the strikeouts in each of the weekend games that the Rays had. The Rays now lead MLB in strikeouts at 537. The closest to them is the Detroit Tigers at 510. I mean, as a team, they're doing horribly. And again, I don't mean to highlight Willie Adamas so much as we have in the last week, but have you taken a look at his walk percentage and his strikeout percentage? Uh. I have not. Now that you mention it, though, it does not seem like he gets a lot of walks, and it does seem like he has been striking out a lot lately, although we have seen the power in the last couple of days. That's true. And that's, I think, 
a an unfortunate side effect of his strikeout rate because in fact his walk rate has risen from 8% to 10.5%. Mm-hmm. I love that. But the K percentage has gone up from an already high 26.2% to an untenable 37%. That's why you really haven't seen that increase in the walks is because the the strikeouts have just gone out the window. That's actually the third highest in all of MLB. He's tied with Joey Gallo, that strikeout wow. machine, with 37%. Uh, so to put this into perspective, race fans, Bilal had a really high strikeout rate last year, which mm-hmm. was his biggest penalty as a player. And we said he needs to work on that. It was a 34.6%, almost 3% less than what Willie is doing right now. Willie and the rest of the team's and the rest of the team have got to clean up the strikeouts. Yeah. You know who strikes out a lot, and it's a lot of called three strikes? Yoshi Sutsugo? Yoshi Sutsugo. It seems like I love his eye and how he looks in pitches, and I know he is very patient and takes a lot of pitches, but you've got to be able to protect with two strikes. Even if it's a little bit on the outside, these umps are calling it. And you got to know after a while. Yeah. And I think he's the guy, even if it's an outside pitch, he's shown he can push it the other way. So oh, I, I think yeah. that's something that uh, will have to be addressed, especially if he's going to be the leadoff hitter going forward. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of strikeouts in the lineup and probably going to yes. be a lot more now if you're going to be using uh, Mike <laughs> Zanino on the regular. But that is an interesting <laughs> note about Willie Adamas. So. Wow, 37%. We just, we just keep that, going on the uh, Willie Adam- Adamas hate yeah. train, I guess. So what you're saying is, to, to clear this up, is is you're ready for Wander Franco to be called up <laughs> and to uh, throw Bro, Willie Adamas in the you trash don't know, can and move on. You right? don't know how much I had to contain my Twitter fingers from going off on people Sunday afternoon when the wander thing happened for like an hour, I was just like, no, guys, stop it. Please stop the wander Franco thing. It's not going to happen. I mean, look, that will be another show in and of itself. People's freakouts about wander Franco. Enough. Here's what you need to know. Uh, The Rays backup shortstop this year in the playoffs is Joey Wendell. Their third string shortstop. Uh, would be Mike Brasso, I guess. Right. Their fourth string would be Brandon Lau. It, <laughs> you're going to have to go very, very, very deep on the list to get to Wander Franco. And I don't. I, I think they would. They would go with Randy Arozarena at short before they'd go with Wander Franco this season. <laughs> I'm Let's pretty put that sure, in perspective. I'm pretty sure Arroz con Pollo had actually uh, got an infield glove mm-hmm. while in the alternate side practicing second base. So you're not too far off from there. Okay, my second takeaway. By the way, we have appeased our bosses by mentioning Wander Franco. That's yes. our one for the week. Getting it out go. of the way on a Monday Quickly. show. Look. There you go. Well, you're drinking your coffee. Well, your first cup of coffee or your cu- uh, first uh, travel mug is yet to be over. We mentioned Wander Franco. You are welcome, This is the uh, Locked on Wander podcast. Yeah. We're actually Probably. thinking about changing the name. That's, yes. that's in discussion right now. So That's coming 2021, though. Um, Absolutely. Second takeaway is the great bullpen work against the Orioles. I'm going to read you the stat line. Nine innings, two hits, no walks, eight Ks, 
by six different pitchers. Incredible stuff by Drake, Sheriff, Anderson, Sleggers, my boy. Thompson getting his first save, tying that whole uh, record of 12 different pitchers with one save in one season. But most of all, I want to highlight my boy, Aaron Loop. Look, Kevin, I have a The the guy who maybe the most... If there was a guy that looked least like an athlete on the Rays, he is probably a front runner for that. He does not look like your prototypical elite level athlete. He would definitely place. Look, I seem to always hear this malarkey, this hogwash, really, that Aaron Loop has not been effective in 2020. And when he comes on, people freak out in the Twitter world, mm-hmm. in the Twitterverse. Oh, no, Aaron Loop. Oh, he's awful. Stop it. Stop it, race fans. You know who you are when you take out the starters, and I'm including Richards in this. Right. Loop has covered the second most innings in the bullpen. Okay? Mm-hmm. Trailing Thompson only by a third of an inning at 24 innings pitched. Okay? He's been used plenty. Okay, and in fact, it's only been two teams that have seen the ball pretty well off his hand. One of them, his ex-team, the Buffalo Blue Jays. Yeah. Okay. Against the Red Sox, he he was hit pretty hard. Uh, in twenty-one at bats, this is the slash line: two eighty-six average with a six eighty-nine OPS. Mm-hmm. Okay. In twenty-seven at bats against uh, the Blue Jays, two ninety-six average. 333 on base, 741 slugging for a 1074 OPS. Not pretty, right? Right. That's it, though. If you look at every other team that he's faced, he's been nails. People have got to freak out about Aaron Loop. However, I will mention this. Although that this is a good bullpen, Kevin, and we have mentioned this before, mm-hmm. it has to be used a little bit less in order to be a, a bit more effective. When he got in trouble with Boston, when he got in trouble with the Jays, it was because he was used day after day because the starters were not really catching on a lot of innings. Right. I appreciate with what, what Cash did today with Yarbrough, making that length, start giving him that eight, the ball in the eighth. Here you go, bud. You deserve this. Save that bullpen. Again, this bullpen is really good. And when Snell, your Cy Young, is in the sixth inning and he has an out already on the ledger, don't put Castillo on that. It's better for a bullpen guy to start with a clean, fresh inning. Mm-hmm. Let the starters eat just a little bit more. Again, that bullpen is going to be way more effective if the starters can give a little bit more innings. Well, I think we're going to start to see that started with Yarbrough and then what we've seen from Glass now and now Morton working up their pitch counts a little bit. And I think uh, pretty much every race starter could learn a cue from Yarbrough on pitch efficiency. Oh, yeah. And uh, what was like in the sixth <laughs> inning, he was at like 50 pitches or something Amazing. crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is the Yarbs we are used to. But um, that's a really good point. I don't get the Aaron Loop dissenters like if you're if you're looking at pure numbers, his numbers are really good this year. <laughs> and in his last like 15 appearances, they've been superb. Exactly. I mean, anybody September? Would, Have you yeah. seen his September numbers? Are ridiculous. Yeah, I don't I don't get that at all. Um, speaking of 
well, you mentioned it, the uh, little saves record single season mark. I've got a note about that in my takeaways and observations. We'll get to that. But first, we've got to tell you about Indeed.com and Built Bar. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply Offer is valid through September 30th. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar, got even more delicious. They are now up to 18 amazing flavors. That includes six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or lady. You can use them. I I advise you use them to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet as well. For example, the uh, the cookies and cream flavor has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, and 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and that'll get you $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. They are offering also a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com. All right, Kevin. After Indeed and Built Bars, I got hungry um, and... uh... That's not good. So feed me more knowledge about your takeaways from the weekend, please. Okay. The first one you kind of alluded to. Great transition, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> the Rays have had now a dozen different pitchers earn saves, tying the 1973 Texas Rangers single season mark. That's right. Uh, saves became an official statistic in 1969. Remember, the Rangers, the 73 Rangers did it in like 140-something games. The Rays have already done it in 50-something games. Like, that is that is amazing in and of itself. My question to, to you, Ulysses, are they going to attempt to break this record no matter what? Is this like on their bucket list to, we've got to get Aaron Lupa a save. We've got to get Pete Fairbanks a save. 
Well, seeing as this is the the one and only record that your your dad tells you about growing up, right? When you know when he was a kid and he saw the seventy three Rangers. Now this record is again, uh, it's drivel. The it's, greatest record of all time. It's ridiculous. You're again, not a fan. It's stupid. It's stupid. Wow, Look, I enjoy okay. it. Look, I enjoy it. I think it's great. And what you said. It's pretty cool too. Okay, these guys did it in 162 games. The Rays are doing it in 53 games. That's awesome. I think it means nothing statistically. Now, if you want to play the game, sure. I do think they're going to break it. Right. Number two, if I want to play the game of how this actually matters, I think the Rays are making a statement with the old adage, and by old I mean in the last 30 years or so, mm-hmm. that the closer is just a different mentality. It's this guy who gets in and he uh, – Mariano Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, they're just built differently. You know, yeah. These are just guys that just know how to get the last three outs. The last three outs are the most important baloney. That's what the Rays are doing with this record. Right. They're saying that's baloney. Okay, and I'm keeping a PG here uh, because I want to say something else. It, that's what yes. they're that's what the Rays are saying is this is ridiculous. You're a pitcher. You're a major yeah. league pitcher. You can get any outs. You should get any outs that we ask you to get. If you don't, you are therefore not a major league pitcher. Because isn't that the point? If you're willing to put Nick Anderson in the sixth, in the seventh inning then you should be able to say to somebody else, hey, get right. the eighth. Hey, get the ninth. If you can't, I'll get somebody else who can do the job. Yes. So do you, do you agree with that, and do you like the Rays thinking on this instead of having, okay, we're going to go out and sign or try to sign Craig Kimbrell, and he's going to be our closer. That's probably the reason why that Kimbrell ultimately didn't sign with the Rays. Besides the Rays probably not quite matching his asking price, there's also a chance – Hey, buddy, you might pitch some in the seventh or eighth inning instead of, all right, we're always going to give you it, give it to you in the ninth, no matter what. Because that ultimately, the Rays are also doing this in a very smart way, is uh, this affects your arbitration wages, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you uh, put our Nick Anderson with the numbers that he has and put up, He's the close, uh, the n- number two closer in the game with 60 saves in the last two years. Then that ups his dollar amounts. When you can say to the arbiter, yeah, he's got great numbers but only has six saves, then the arbiter might be yeah. like, oh, well, you know, then he doesn't really deserve this. Again. He's got 18 holds, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what they're doing, right? Yeah. I, I think the, the Rays are doing it in both ways. They're right. showing the baseball world – this doesn't matter, but they're also doing it financially speaking, saving kind of their 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 dollars and cents, saying, "Well, this will ultimately play to our right. advantage." I I don't think they enter this season thinking like, "Oh, we want to try to break this record held by the Rangers since right. 1973 or whatever." But I think it shows you that they've gotten to a point of where they've had to be so desperate and they've been so decimated by injuries that, yeah, Edgar Garcia gonna have to get a save ryan sheriff mr warning track is gonna have to get a save like in the list the list goes on and on i'm actually surprised that fairbanks has yet to get one and i'm kind of surprised that loop 
has yet to get one. And I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar that they're going, one of those guys at least is going to get one this coming week against either the Mets or the Phillies. 100%. I think Fairbanks, I was the most surprised, but I would put my money that he's the next guy uh, to get a save. Yeah, it's really rather unbelievable. They did not go into this season saying, hey, we're going to break this record. I, right. Nobody knew about this record except no somebody's, uh, somebody from the bullpen in the 1973 Texas Rangers, really. But what it actually also shows is that this bullpen, the Rays have had, is incredible. It's, um, it, it's rather amazing the types mm-hmm. of arms that they've gathered in this 60-game season that, you know, right. with all of the injuries that they've had – does Alvarado have one? I think he has one. He um, does not. I've he got doesn't. this list here. He does not. Look at that. I mean, uh, a guy that you would have thought, well, he will, he should get a, a, a few yeah. entering this season. He doesn't even have one because he's been hurt and somebody else had to jump in. Did you even did, – did 10% of race fans know the name Ryan Thompson? They did not. No. And if they're saying that they did, they're lying to you. John Curtis, same thing for him too. A hundred percent. Here's Garcia, the middle yeah. a trade deadline acquisition. I mean, did your boy Cody Reed get one? Uh, probably not, because he's already in the forty-five IL. No, he he did not have a chance to get one. I will tell you though, there is a guy that is no longer on the team that was either DFA'd or traded. I guess a little bit of both. That has one. Banda. Banda, yeah, Mister Ten Two Nine ERA at least with Oof. the Rays. Has got one lone save. No, I do appreciate what the Rays are doing. I kind of like the fact that they're willing to hand the ball off to so many different guys and and give them a confidence boost and say, hey, uh, you're important to us. And and we trust you to do this and to get the job here. And sometimes, a lot of times, you know, it's it's, the ninth inning might not be the most important inning. It might be the eighth inning. It might be... You've got the three, four, five hitters up. They're all righties. Uh, yeah, I think we should go with Nick Anderson here instead of uh, throw Slagers or Thompson out there and try to, right. okay, let's, let's see if we can string this one out and then get to the ninth. Like it, it, you, You've got to look at it in multiple ways, and I think that happened uh, a couple nights ago. I think it's Saturday night they went to Anderson, yeah. right, in the eighth inning. So. Yeah. That, that's another thing to consider with that as well. But it is a little interesting note there uh, for what the Rays are doing with that. Um, my other takeaway, mm-hmm. um, and it, it, it's pretty obvious. Like, I feel bad and feel sorry for Austin Meadows and what he's had to go through this season. Right. Uh, between the, the COVID-19 stuff, he started the season late just never got on track, and then he now has this regular season ending, who knows, maybe season ending completely oblique injury, and I wonder how long he's been dealing with this, if this mm-hmm. has been an ongoing thing. But I want to ask you this question, Ulysses. I want to pose this to you. So Austin Meadows is on the IL. G-Man Choi is on the IL. And Yandy Diaz is on the IL. Right. If you could wave a magic wand... And say you are you are the greatest doctor of all time, but you've only got <laughs> you've got limited powers here. I can only help right. one guy. I can only I can only one I, I can only bring back one of these raised position players for a postseason run. Which one would you bring back? Would you choose to bring back Yandi, Meadows, or Choi? 
everything that's happened this season. Uh, Kevin, first of all, I think I speak in for the 99.9% of the people that listen to us. I love these questions. So first of all, thank you for having that creative mind that you have. Um, Man, it, I think it, it would have to be Yandi. I agree with you 100%. You, you, you can't – I can't stress this enough. He might not have the pop that you think that he should with that mm-hmm. body <laughs> that he has. But most of just human nature, that is an imposing person, an, an imposing specimen – to have 60 feet in front of you. Right. That's number one. Number two, the way that he actually is so adept at going the other way is something that you can't teach. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, this guy has bat-to-ball recognition. His on-base percentage is incredible. Uh, really, he is a complete player. He might not have the defense that you want, but he does provide some versatility in playing third and first. Right. He might not give you all-star defense, but sometimes the overall value trumps the defensive uh, war and all the analytics out there. He is going to provide a better team in the lineup, uh, and you can always, always DH him as well. That is true, and... I think if we're speaking about defense, I haven't looked at his analytics, but in what I had seen, he had soft hands at times, and he showed yeah. that he could he could at least handle the position adequately, if not better, at times. But I agree with you on multiple levels. One, because he's a guy that literally, go back to last year, the wild card game against the Athletics, wasn't he literally just <laughs> activated from the right. IL? All right, wake and bake, hit two home runs. He is a guy. Right. He doesn't need, you know, I don't he doesn't need 15 days and and a bunch of simulated games to get back on track. He's just, "Oh, I'm ready to play. Oh, I'm activated. Okay, I'll step into the lineup and and go 2 for 4." Uh, let me let me tell you this right now. He's been on the IL for now more than 2 weeks, correct? It's been a while. Seems okay, like. Okay, so uh, I can tell you Brandon Lau has the most hits in the team. He's played 50 games. He has 47 hits. Top five, Yandy Diaz is in that top five. And he's played 34 games, and he has 35 hits. That's that's more than a hit per and game. And I believe he leads the team in on-base percentage as well. I looked it up before the podcast here. At least and in it, guys that would have qualified or had exactly. played some meaningful time. Um, the other thing, too, is... Do you kind of get the sense that the Rays sort of need a right-handed bat yes. against a lefty starter? We Who saw it today. Who we saw it put? Sunday. Uh, right. Yeah, they threw out Kevin Renfro? Smith. Renfro Kevin and Smith? Zunino. Yeah. Zunino? No. That's the righty bats. Nah, fam. You, 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 and you don't got Tommy Fam. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, no, you, you uh, Yandi. Yandi would be yes. the guy to bring back with that magic wand. And I wish there was a, a magic wand. Look, uh, Topkin, you know, had a little update for race fans with Choi and Yandi. They were both hidden off the tee. Sunday and Monday, they were going to start with uh, batting practice on the field. No estimated date yet on their arrival. Right. Um, look, I don't mean to be a pessimist, but I'm going to have to because, guys, there's literally six games left. 
I don't think we're going to see Yandi, Choi, or Meadows in 2020. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You would think that maybe on the brightest, if you're looking at the most positive outlook, maybe they can DH Yandi and get a pinch runner for him something. You know, maybe he pinch hits here or there. You know, there's kind of a trend. But when, though? So you need to win out the the wild card game? You need to win out the ALDS? You need to win out the ALCS? I mean, when do you actually get to see these guys? How How much time can you survive without them? Yeah, that's another question, too. I mean, there's kind of a little bit of a trend with raised position players in lower body injuries. You've got Choi, Diaz, Meadows, Zanino. What do those guys have in common? Hmm. Hmm. I don't want to say it. A kind of bulkier, heavier set. Good word. Type guys. Good adjectives. Uh, just putting that out there. I mean, Meadows, let's be Meadows honest. is the outlier. He came into camp like, uh, you know, he was on the fishing boat. Less gym time, too much fishing time, if you catch my drip. A lot of beer, a lot, a lot of Michelob Ultras and fried fish. That's what he looked like when he showed up to camp. I was like, who is this guy? This wasn't the guy that hit 30 home runs. And is this a new acquisition? Where did he, where did he come from? Who ate where Austin did? Meadows? Oh, Austin Meadows did. He ate himself. Uh, I don't know. Well, he's buddy with uh, Brendan Lau, and so maybe you know the bakery from uh, the Laos. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he you, was maybe hey, a tester. Got to get him on that sugar-free, whole grain, you know, whole grain cookie or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, just throwing that out there. Um, th- the final thing I've got, and it's not a major thing, but just sort of a positive thing I noticed, um, and this was from Sunday's game. Um, I don't know how much of it people watched uh, with a lot of football going on and a lot of other sports going on. But in the top of the six, okay, Randy Rosarena was on first base. Willie Adamas was at the plate. Uh, Dylan Tate was the reliever for the Orioles. Adamas hits the most routine ground ball I've ever seen to <laughs> shortstop Pat Vileka. And you would have thought there were two outs. And you would have thought, okay, that, that's an ending ender. That's as easy as it right. gets. And Vileka fumbles it like, you know, the, the ball had been put in the oven for 20 minutes or something like that. Couldn't handle yeah. it. And Rosarina, because he hustled, was safe at second. Willie Adamas, because he hustled, was safe at first. What did that do? It brought lefty Nate Lowe up to the plate against Dylan Tate. And the Orioles weren't expecting righty Tate to face lefty Lau. Now the Rays didn't score anything out of this, but it just goes to show you the importance of hustling on every play and running out every ground ball because over the course of even a 60 game season, but especially a 162 game season and a long postseason, that can matter. That can make the difference between a win and a loss. Yeah. It's the one thing you don't need talent, right? Effort. Yeah. Hustle. I mean, you you don't need to have Mike Trout's uh, you know hitting ability to to run it out hard. That's the first thing they teach you at Little League: run hard. Mm-hmm. That's it. And 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 it's really nice to see that most, if not all, yes. race players really do abide by that rule. And, and that's the effort. And um, yeah, I, I'm glad you you said that. And honestly, uh, as an aside, I will miss BAs. Uh, <laughs> Valaika's Cobra Kai references. Okay, explain this to me. Where 
and how did this come about? Because I don't necessarily have every broadcast on at every minute or have, or I might have it muted. Where does this Pat Valaika Cobra Kai thing come I believe, in? I believe it was Valaika actually had that walk-off hit in Camden Yards. Okay. The first uh, time they, they faced each other. That uh, in that road trip, right? They went 0 and 5. Right. And I believe that he, off the cuff, he said, like, hey, doesn't he look like a karate kid guy? And okay. it's just been evolved into this huge thing about Cobra Kai and like he's from California. He's actually an ex teammate of Tyler Glass now in California, which is in Columbia Valley. And then that he must made have the been reference. a pretty good high school team. Yeah, really. Say. <laughs> yeah, no, but. As another aside, Pat Valeka should not be a starting shortstop. Should not be playing shortstop at the big. Should level. not be holding a glove. Yeah, he, he should be a playing ton first of base. Or yeah, yeah, he is. He is not sh- like you can look at him and tell that guy is not a shortstop. Why is he playing yeah. shortstop? Yeah, I, I, I find it hard to believe anybody named Pat should be playing <laughs> shortstop. Like that. That seems like slugging first base DH type, if anything. Except if they are a free agent signing for the Rays in 2009. Oh, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Look, before we, we wrap this up, I, I know we've gone a little bit long today. And I know we say that uh, a lot of the time. All the time. But I want to say thank you to five special people. Uh, and, and that's Zach, Melissa, Carlos, Joseph, and Hannah. Thank you guys all so much um for for really supporting what we do and and enjoying our content we really do appreciate that and our raison filtered um project uh family hopefully Mm -hmm. grows little by little but i just want to thank those five uh fans for really uh you know giving us something to smile about this weekend another great segue and yes a very big thank you to them they were our first subscribers are our first subscribers at patreon.com slash raise unfiltered we're gonna have zoom calls trivia unaired segments fantasy baseball league a lot of things going on that are tied into that and again if you're kind of leery to pull the trigger and i don't know if i want to make a monthly payment especially in these times totally understand that if you just want to throw you know a dollar or two or a couple bucks and just make a one-time donation to kind of again we've been doing this for a while and, and want to try to keep it going and 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 hope to grow it bigger and and provide you guys with more entertainment and fun, especially in the off season, because we will yes. a little inside baseball here cut back to three days a week on the podcast in the off season. That's what will bring a lot of uh, extra content to the Patreon.com/slash Raise Unfiltered page. And again, if you want any questions or clarifications about what we're doing with that, you can email us at lockedonraise@gmail.com. All right. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On MLB. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.